All right, Geekscapists, we have a pretty awesome episode here. It is the Captain America Winter Soldier recap slash review with Ian Kerner. That's really who you wanted to have on the Geekscape couch to talk about Captain America the Winter Soldier. Just real quick before we get started, if you guys are planning on going to WonderCon Anaheim, which is in about two weeks, uh, come visit us at the Geekscape booth. It's booth number 208. We're going to be there the entire weekend. That's the 18th to the 20th. So, you know what? Skip Easter this year. Come down to Anaheim and hang out with Geekscape at booth 208 at WonderCon Anaheim. So, are you going to come, Ian? I'm, I might try to come. i got a lot of pilot stuff going on that weekend. All right. Ian's got some work, but otherwise, you will definitely see us at WonderCon Anaheim. Okay, so Captain America the Winter Soldier. I, we went to see it Thursday night. Um, big shout out to uh, Skype and Marvel. They, they gave us a ton of tickets to go see it. Um, and if you guys are interested in like seeing what, what my thoughts were before Captain America Winter Soldier, uh, go to the Geekscape YouTube channel. Um, one of the associated videos is one that Skype put up of me talking to several people about <coughs> what our favorite Captain America characters are, what we think will happen in the movie. So that's, in, that's up on a Geekscape YouTube channel. Go look for that. This is what we think of the movie now having seen it. Uh, this is the sequel to Captain America, but it really feels more like a sequel to the Avengers or a sequel to the post. You know, it just feels like on par with Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World as like, they're not even really sequels to it to any one movie anymore. It's just a continuation no, of yeah. Listen, like we, all this, we, this that's tapestry that true. they're building. It's definitely a tapestry, but if you think about it, that's what Marvel originally did in the comics back in, right. in 1963. You know, they were really building a universe back then, and, you know... It was like, you know, they were all in New York, and you always had that sense. You were reading Spider-Man, and Thor flew over, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, over the years, the continuity's been up and down with, you know, some books had good continuity, some didn't. Mostly, though, and that's what's demonstrated in this universe, is stuff that happened in the Thor comic, and the Captain America comic, and the Iron Man comic, would at least at some point in the Avengers, they'd catch up and it would be reflected. Right. You know, when, in the comics, when Tony became a drunk... And wasn't Iron Man anymore. And Rhodey became Iron Man. In the Avengers comic, it was Rhodey in the Iron Man suit. And it was a thing because he didn't tell anybody. Right. You know? So, I mean, things like that, they've always demonstrated it. So it's very cool. So I wouldn't say it's not a sequel to Captain America. But if you walked out of Captain America and only just walked into um, Captain America 2 without having seen Avengers, you've kind of missed a beat. It's yeah. not impossible. I no, mean, it's not. There's nothing about that movie. But yeah, it's you definitely don't know. not a clean sequel, though. You should be watching everything. Because, I mean, th- there's a lot in here that's a reaction to New York. Because the plot line is that S.H.I.E.L.D. is bil- building these new hail carriers yes, th- that can weaponize is. from, like, they can literally target people from, uh, not orbit, but, but, but up in the sky. They can literally target and fire on people. And that's what creates the biggest rift in this one, which is really kind of like a conspiracy spy movie in that Cap has... You know, granted, he's a man out of time, but he has some uh, some more idealistic uh, views on how to combat terror. And right. Shield is like, we're building this so that we can uh, let people know they're being watched, and that we can kill people from you know that we can take out targets that are that are that are threats. We can take out the threats you know from these big helicarriers. And Cap says, well, that's fear. That's not really policing anybody. Um, and there's, there's a little rift between Cap and S.H.I.E.L.D. right there. Well, well I, I want to talk about the social commentary yeah. that's happening in this movie. But, but before we go there, just talking about just how the movies the fit together. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think that Thor to a lesser extent, but it's actually even demonstrated in Thor that S.H.I.E.L.D. goes running 
to see what the artifacts are and how it all works together. Mm -hmm. And even, even the sci-fi aspects of Thor, it's less magic. It's more of an Eisenstein bridge and that kind of stuff. But, you know, very strongly in the first two Iron Man movies, in the first Captain America, um, in Avengers, Iron Man 3 is irrelevant. I think we all agree with that. But, um, <laughs> well, it, it, it's irrelevant. I mean, there, there's nothing about that movie that anyone feels they really need to see. We'll see if Extremis plays into Avengers right. or not. I right. mean, but they didn't leave the end of Iron Man 3 like it did, even though it should have. Right. You know, he should have been saying, I am Iron Man, and the freaking suit should have come out of his pores. Right. You know, and that would have been fucking awesome. Instead, no. because He, he has it removed, right? Yeah. So, still, it blew up all the suits. There's no Iron Man right now. Whatever. It, 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 Joss will do a very easy fix. You know, two minutes of exposition. He rebuilt the suits. Oh, yeah, I have Extremis. I can do this cool shit now. Yeah. Whatever. You know, fuck you, Shane Black. Anyway. Wow. What? You know, you, you, like you haven't heard me say that that movie wasn't just an ego-driven, you know, piece for Downey and Shane Black to deal with, the, with their issues about getting old and not doing drugs anymore and having identity crises, you know? <laughs> oh, man, your I words. Mean, <laughs> it's intense, Ian. Is it not true? Uh, no comment. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I, I, suddenly I want to refer to you as one of our other friends who's worried about a studio hearing if they had an opinion. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, but anyway, so um, the thing is, as I was saying, there's been this really great through line in, in these other movies about the technology. You know, it started in Iron Man, you know, and then Iron Man 2, you know, with, with the development. I mean, Iron Man 2 was so much about Stark developing the technology and the mm -hmm. clues his father had left him. Which gets interesting when you see his father is actually in Captain America and you find out later that his father actually formed the original S.H.I.E.L.D., the SSR. Right. You know, so he's really dealing with this, you know, and so the whole notion of what is vibranium, you know, and Tony's actually creating this element because his father didn't have the technology yet. You know, all that stuff's really fascinating. When we finally get, you know, we have the Tesseract and with Avengers, it's, oh, guess what? Now we have the ability, we have a power source to actually make all these fancy weapons and stuff. Which ultimately you recognize that in this weird sci-fi way, it's a very similar thing that's going on with Thor. Whatever the Asgardians are, it's a different level of technology. Personally, what I think is really cool about all of this is it kind of um, informs the notion of you can have all these incredible weapons and all these things, and yet it doesn't entirely change the world because it's not like, oh, we have this technology, now everyone can have it. You can't because you have to have the right kind of power source, and only these otherworldly energies, these, uh, these things enable these things to work. You know, I know you are not really watching uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. that much. I'm uh, four episodes behind. Okay, so you're catching up. Uh -huh. But, you know, a lot of us were disappointed in S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it's actually, it's a decent show. It's just not as great as we hoped. We're not getting all the big superhero stuff. Right. But there's a blueprint there, there for seeing how the world is getting affected by this stuff. Yeah, it's like, a ba it's like cool. the entire backdrop to S.H.I.E.L.D. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in fact, from the very first episode, that's what it's about, with Mike Peterson, who ultimately, and you're, you're getting there now, yeah. he's becoming Deathlock, and that Deathlock is this entity that's made up of this other stuff. And it's I would love to up. see the, well, the full cyborg well, Deathlock Well, here's the thing, John, I'm really disappointed right. in you because... I have to talk about the last episode of Shield. Go for it. I mean, I it, know that the, I know that it's the Deathlock episode. It's more than and guys, that. It, and guys, this is this movie. is not the only uh, spoiler you guys are going to have in this episode. So honestly, if you haven't seen Captain America three, 
or Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> Why did I call it Captain yeah. America 3? If, uh, if you haven't seen Captain America Winter Soldier, like, don't listen to the rest of this episode. Go out and see it. Yeah. We both, uh, we'll say it right now, we both enjoyed the movie. Oh, yeah, I love uh, it. So um, go out and watch it. Come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Yeah, same but thing. The spoilers and if, you, if you're not up to date yeah. in, in, in S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, they, they told everyone right. this last episode led into the movie. But well, the, the, uh, the spoilers are going to start flying, is yeah, all we're saying. Yeah, here's the thing. The, the simple lead in the movie that some people go, oh, what's the big deal, is that there's a character on the show, Agent Sitwell, mm-hmm. and you see he's involved in the show, and suddenly, like, oh, he gets called to Vilmaria Stark, so that's where he goes. And, and that's where Captain, Captain America, America Winter but, Soldier starts, is the whole yes, piracy yes, angle exactly. on the ship at sea. That's but, a great sequence, by the way. It's when a great Cap sequence. Comes so the movie's whipping amazing. everybody's ass. But, but here's what's a bigger deal, is right. we've seen these little weird things going on in, in the S.H.I.E.L.D. show about, you know, who, you know, obviously with Coulson, and it was all this big secret, but how is he alive and this whole Tahiti thing? And ultimately, we've come to see that, and I don't know if you've seen this yet, but he went and investigated what Tahiti was, and he basically found a corpse of an alien, a big blue alien, right. which, for those of us informed of Marvel, it's likely a Cree. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is a pretty big deal. But you can't. Yeah, yeah. That is a Cree. I was about to say yeah. a scroll, but that's over at Fox with the Fantastic Four franchise. Even if it wasn't, the scrolls aren't blue. Right. The Cree are definitely blue. Yeah, yeah. So, well, not definitely blue, but... Well, in the comics, like, they're blue. They're blue, blue. And they're pink. They're blue in their, in their yeah. regular skin, right? Yeah, yeah. But they call them pink skin, but yeah. <laughs> it's the slur that, oh, a pink skin. Right. But anyway, the, the point is that this is a big part of it, and there's been this whole thing that Colson's been trying to get hold of the Fury. Uh, but there's been other intrigues we've known from the get-go that Agent May has been monitoring him. And this last episode, this full, turned into a full-on S.H.I.E.L.D. Civil War. Right. With, you know, who can trust whom. And, I mean, you'll, you'll watch it, you'll see. But by the end of the episode, guns are on everybody. Meanwhile, Agent Hand has taken over their ship and they're given orders to kill everyone but Coulson. Okay? You're going, what the fuck? And then you go into Captain America and see what happens. And guess what? I mean, first of all, you come out of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, going, what the hell is this show anymore? But right. You didn't, you're thinking that as it is. You don't even realize that you now, after you watch the movie, you go, wait a second, what is going on in this show? Because how many of them are Hydra? Sitwell was Hydra. Right. That is fucking huge. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, that's really what the big, uh, the big twist is in Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. has been infiltrated by Hydra, not just recently, from for decades. For, from yeah. the beginning, that it, there was a ton of Hydra. Right. I mean, and, and, and in and, that and, way, and, I mean, it truly is a sequel to the first movie. Yeah, and Robert, in, Redford's, in in Robert Redford's character is the big tw- reveal. Yeah. Granted, I would have loved to have seen him as the, as the Red Skull. You don't get it. But that would have been, uh, really been cool. awesome yeah. if he and, ends up being the Red Skull. Yeah, that would have been really cool if he, turned, if he tore his face off. But that being said, there are, I thought the treatment of the villains in this movie was one of the highlights. Yeah. Obviously, like the Batrock stuff at the beginning was awesome. Batrock that, was Down awesome. to his color scheme on his costume. Yeah. They made it look like the Batrock shirt like, that right. he's wearing but, but, and everything. But he, but he wasn't a caricature. No, he wasn't a caricature like he is in the comic. Yeah, in but the comic in he's a little one, over the top, but he was like he was badass. In this one he was badass, but he yeah. still had the purple and the gold. Yeah. Um, and uh, my, my, the highlight for the, of the movie for me was where it got a little weird, and that's like my criticism of the Marvel Universe uh, has been so far, is that it all kind of feels, I mean, it is a strength that everything fits together, but I would like for each movie to not just feel like it had the same color tone or, or, or t- feeling, you know, and that's why I look forward to Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man, because I'm hoping that they're a little bit more extreme, a little bit well, weirder. Well, we've already seen enough of Guardians that it's totally different. And I really hope so, because I don't want all the movies to feel the exact same. And in right? fact, I would argue that it feels to me like what they're purposely doing in Guardians mm-hmm. is, 
it feels like the cantina's part, Moss Osley, in Star Wars. Yeah, that would be it's cool. It's dark and seedy like that. And Ant-Man would be awesome if it yeah, has we'll a little bit more is. of a, of a see, humor angle. See, that's angle. just it. It made sense to me that the color scheme in Winter Soldier was similar to that of Avengers because it, it, it's all the shield stuff. Right. You know, the Triskelion being similarly but what lighted. I, but this is what I'm saying. Listen, you know my business. Right. I'm in post-production. It's the same colorist. Right. And, you know, and what I'm hearing is you're kind of saying, like, he's a, he's a one-trick person. And, no, I'm, it, I'm saying I want these – I want each movie to be memorable on its own uh, – on its own merits, not because it's part of a really impressive tapestry. <coughs> Granted, you want that. You definitely want that. But I want each movie to be like, wow, that was really <coughs> impressive, regardless of the fact that tied into all this other stuff. My favorite scene in this movie involved the, the way that they interpreted and in, introduced the villain, Arnim Zola. That awesome. was – Awesome. I was laughing my ass off, which it, which kind of leads to one of the criticisms that I have of the movie is that everyone monologues in this movie, even even poor Mr. Fury, who's played by Samuel Jackson, whose character Frozone in The Incredibles makes fun of how much comic book characters monologue. You remember Frozone? I when he's do. Like monologuing? But even so, but everyone but, in this but, but movie Samuel monologues. Samuel Jackson is famous for monologuing. That's his but, but Robert Redford's character does it. Yeah. Cap, Cap does it when he's trying to evacuate the Triskelion. It's like, hey, everybody, we've been infiltrated by, she, by, by, by Hydra. That being said, that is the slowest evacuation order I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm sitting there going, dude, just get everybody out of the building. But that's just it. The thing is, is things like that, that moment when he, when he gives the speech, the speech Which is should Captain just America. be everybody just fucking run. But – it doesn't take until the helicarriers are crashing into the building for anybody to actually be evacuating, I, even though there's guns being pointed I, look, at each look, other. I, I, I understand your criticism. Yeah. I do. And I'm not saying it's completely invalid. What I'm saying is sometimes these things are being true to what the source material is, and it's a big superhero right. comic book on the screen. But this is on the screen, and, and exposition and, and, was killing parts of this movie. But, but that's just it. See, I don't agree at all. I just think that the exposition is what makes it feel like a big superhero movie sometimes. There's one exposition that I love in particular, this movie. No, you, you called out the Captain America exposition, but right. that's just it. That's the Captain America moment. He's inspiring people to fight, yeah. That's Captain America, man. He's being, I mean, that's what's missing in Man of Steel. Because Where he tells people, like, listen, stand up. Saying, that yeah, because hope. that's the thing is, it's always been, even back when you had Marvel vs. DC, you know, right. and the thing was like, it's Superman inspires and Captain America inspires. That's the thing. Right. You know, that's the, the key thing. And the biggest criticism people have of Man of Steel is, great, the S means hope. And okay, he's getting beat up, so that inspired. But it's not his words. And the thing yeah. is, in the comics, pre-New 52, Superman is inspirational. People just stand behind him because of what he says. And you know, but that's Captain America. Captain America gives the speech. And they did it in the first movie, you know? He's just this kid from Brooklyn with the, you know, he has the heart. You know, the comics so many times, because for so long it was like, okay, he's the super soldier. And they actually felt the need at one point to do a, a really great storyline where he loses it and he still fights the skull and it's his spirit. He just won't stop. Right. And that, that was a, one of the great things about the first movie is, you know, that's the whole argument about who should be the soldier, you know, with Tommy Lee Jones. It's like this one, you know, there's the live grenade and this kid who's 4F, who's just can barely even move, he's the one that jumps on the grenade. You know? He's Captain America. He inspires. Okay? You're saying, hey, everyone's just evacuated. These people don't even know what side they're on. Mm -hmm. That speech was completely necessary. Granted. 
Well, you were arguing a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, you know what? You're convincing me. What was the moment before that speech that told Agent 13 and the guy sitting at the right. thing, you know, at, at the console give to, to go, oh, wait, don't follow orders. Right. You know? How did the payoff? Captain's orders. Captain America just told us what's up. Okay? That's the social commentary. And, and that's been the great thing. I mean, you know, remember issue 250, Captain America? Captain America for president. You know, by, by the way, great thing on Saturday Night Live last night. They did one of those the, the dumb Fox News things, and they they do these disclaimers across the screen that go by really quickly. But I always stop them, and one of them is Captain America was never president of the United States. Yeah, you know, it's like it's things that they said earlier in the in the broadcast that they have to correct. You know, so. <laughs> um, that's what I'm what I'm saying is the, my favorite exposition. I didn't love all of them. Some of them, I understand. mainly for the villains, was like, okay, it's enough. The Arnim Zola one. That one was just Well, it was great because the payoff was, yeah, he was just wasting time. He goes, I was stalling. Yeah, it was hysterical. He was the funniest part of the entire was movie. Awesome. I was laughing and, the entire and time. And he was paid off so well. I, you know, for, for those and listeners. And I think Zola is still out there in the internet, right, and right. I love well, it. Well, for those listeners that don't know, right. you know, it was a great Easter egg in the first movie that here's Arnim Zola as a scientist. Because in the comics, Arnim Zola was its former Nazi scientist in the Avengers comics who's walking around in a mechanical body with a TV screen yeah, on the Yeah, he's basically just a computer with a head. Yeah. Or with like who, a little camera is, on top. And it's exactly what he says happened. His brain was downloaded. But we didn't know him as the Nazi scientist before. Well, ultimately in flashbacks and right. things like but that. Right, but I'm saying it wasn't originally that way. So no. they, they were really clever. They did that way. And, you know, we knew they paid it forward. But... Now they, he's the computer with right, the camera but, on But this head. is a way that it didn't seem overly hokey. It was like there's all these data banks and all this stuff to make up his brain. You right. know, instead of him actually just a little body. And there's the, the TV screen. He's not really in it. And, and the, the camera internet. head. Yeah, it was which awesome. Which was the best part. Exactly, exactly. It was absolutely awesome. And yeah, and the joke of that, yeah, the exposition was stalling. He didn't really mean to do it, you mm -hmm. know. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting argument. It goes back, you know, it's not just superhero movies. It's the classic and the James Bond movies. The villain telling the plot. But the idea is supposed to be that this is some psychotic person who's an egomaniac who wants to be the center of attention and to revel in his power to do that. Yeah. So I actually think, you know... It, and it, the Pierce character does do that quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, but, but I'm just saying to you that I understand that, you know, your criticism as, you know, a, a film student to go, oh... A film student? You know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it, well, you know, it, it, it's what you I've, learned I've, to I've do moved, in film school. I've moved beyond about. that, but... But I'm okay. saying, fine, you're a filmmaker, but I'm saying <laughs> this is your film student route showing, and I actually think that... There's times that things like this actually are what people do. Right. People do rant and rave and go on. We're and doing on it about now. It. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm not doing it, but we have friends Wait a that used to here. do it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we do. Oh God, we see the email chain. Yeah. So you know, it's this is actually normal behavior. Mm -hmm. It's just normal behavior that you want to make fun of. Right. I mean, the, the pace of the movie is one thing that I, that I was not happy with. Okay. I thought that, that it could have moved a little bit faster. Didn't bother me at all. I know. Someone it, else said you, it was a little long. Up, yeah. I just thought it, it was just it, absolutely great. It, it feels long. That being said, what I was think, what, this, when I walked out of there, I said that was a really good movie despite its pace. And when you look at it, like what you want to cut, you don't want to cut. You want to quicken. Yeah, right. You know, if you're going to do anything, you're going to quicken and, it. And, and in fact, I felt that I actually, you know. Everything so, that's in there, you want to have in there. So you know that I don't like making lists of this is my favorite in this order right. and all that. But, you know, 
for the, my sentimental favorite still Avengers. It's just overly entertaining, and I know you have but a that's, lot of you, problems. But you're with saying that movie. sentimental. I am saying sentimental. So you're this is a better accepting, film. Yeah, this is a better movie. This is a really well written movie, not just a really good Marvel movie. I thought this was the best written Marvel movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's this is a you were talking about the tapestry and all that. Forget that. This you don't have to have seen anything else. You go and watch. This is a good movie. Right. You know, there's there's enough exposition and enough flashback and all that that you completely understand he was this weak guy that was part of a, a formula and now he you know he became you know he went from 95 pounds to 240 pounds you know he went from 5'4 to 6'2 you this know this also has the best all, fight scenes easy, yeah, yeah. Easily, easily easily of any so of the all that's movies. in the movie there's nothing about this movie that you really don't understand if you've seen nothing before right. it's a tight script there's great twists in it you know there's there's a lot. There's character development. There's Anthony Mackie, and I was and I was about to say that Anthony Mackie's <laughs> character. I mean, first off, Anthony Mackie was like is like one of the highlights of the movie. He's great. And his stuff, I have, his I have, stuff I have a li- with Cap I have, yeah, is yeah, the no, best. Yeah, I love part. it. I have small complaints about his character. How very so? Small. This goes to something we've talked about before with Avengers, right. where yeah, it's been in the comics for a long time, but it's still hard to believe you see these regular humans next to the, the demigod and the Hulk. And the, the massive, you know, machinery. And I'm sort of, I totally bought, you know, he's this skilled aviator with, with, this, with, with this rig. Yeah, but if you don't buy but, him, then you don't buy Scarlett Johansson's Black no, Widow. I know, I'm, I'm okay. making a point. You know, and, and the point is that, no, I, I, bought, I buy her. Um, I think I wished I'd know that, like, his rig is something special based on the technology. Mm-hmm. Which we could arguably assume, but isn't really called out because it's, he's, he did it for a while. You know, so because this part of like, okay, yes, oh, it's suddenly like it's a big surprise. Oh, you, you know, a- Aviator, you know, he didn't say he flew planes. Right. You know, but there's a little bit of that, like, we're introduced to him like he's nowhere near Cap's level. And of course he isn't. Right. I do what, uh, what he does, but slower. They actually make but, jokes about it. Yeah, I and, mean, and it's yeah. great. And it's fine. And by the way, and it's like that in the comics. Mm-hmm. But, and we could say this about Falcon. It used to be that that's exactly what all Falcon was. And later they played up the connection with Redbird and they've implied that maybe he's a bit of a mutant, you know, but that really is all he is. But I, I did, I, it just find me, found me, you know, feeling a little bit, all right, I wish he was a little more special. If he was, I, I assume Because anybody could put up, pick up these wings, anybody who has, like, no. who's trained with him could pick up these wings and go do his thing? Exactly. But at the same time, I do think that's an elite thing. I think there's probably only Well, you saw him dodging like all those missiles and stuff. That's that what I'm saying. It was obviously highly skilled. The, the, so, the part I thought funny about point that sequence is, was... My point is that he was this retired guy right. that wasn't doing this anymore that popped right back into it and was that skilled. was a little contrived and convenient. He was a little sloppy there. <laughs> Relative to what? I'm saying, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't if, know how good he was. If he had been the guy that was fully the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent trained in this stuff right. that happens to be working with Like Pat, Hawkeye. Yes. And like Black Widow... Then I get that there's the best of the best, you know. Right. He's not the former guy who just came back in and just happens to be this ridiculously awesome, best in the world person. It's so a little harder to believe it? that in real world. You That's don't, all. I, it's I a mean, quibble. It's really just a small quibble. I, I forgive it because this again goes back to the fact that I think this is still the, the best written Marvel movie. Absolutely. Uh, his, I mean, the stuff. I mean, from the get go, his relationship with Captain America is the best stuff in the movie. Yeah, it's great. The, on the left opening is incredible. The run, yeah, the, I it's love hysterical. that. It's hysterical. But but a character that I've always that I thought was not interesting to me in, in the prior two movies that she was in, Black, Widow Black Widow's character. Greatness. The fact that that from the get go, that scene on the ship. 
to the very end where they where she where they start well, to say, hey, listen, if you reveal this, you're going to reveal all your this secrets. This is what you're saying is for being a Russian she had spy. A character arc. Finally. Right. Finally. Because right. at the end of the movie, what she does to help dismantle Shield slash Hydra, which is really Shield slash Hydra in this movie. I mean, yeah. it's been infiltrated yeah. that much. Yeah. Uh, is she puts all the secrets onto the internet. Yeah. She basically does and the whole. Uh, what's the name of this guy uh, who's hiding out in Russia? Um, in the real world. Not oh, about, the uh, uh, Julian. Uh, not Julian Assange. Well, she does a bit of a Julian yeah. Assange, right? So she, she reveals, I mean, she puts all of the information yeah. on Shield and Hydra out yeah. there. And, and Pierce says, if you do this, everyone will know about your past, which and is. She does it anyway. She, worked, these she was a bad guy. She worked the for the KGB and all this. Whoever else, yeah. And um, that was really interesting to me. That stuff was really good, and it led to possibly a spin off movie. Right, which apparently which is they're developing. Which they I tell are. you, before this movie, I didn't want it, and after this movie, I see it. We got to talk about something else. Talking about spin-off movies. Well, we have to talk uh, about the Winter Soldier. And we have well, to talk about the we changes. Will. But there was a shout out to Doctor Strange in the movie. Yes, there was. Which was huge. Well, we know awesome. it's coming, and, and, it and, awesome. and that, that made it definitive. Granted, it was just a line, but we yeah, all loved that but line. He—he's someone that's a threat. Stephen Strange exists. He's there. Okay, so we'll get into the Winter Soldier, but as we're talking about like little Easter eggs, um, when they started targeting all the targets at the end of the movie, now, I saw Tony Stark in there. You saw Tony Stark, and of course we saw, uh, you know. Uh, not hand, but uh, she's in the movie. Um, help me out with this. Maria Hill. Maria Hill. But did you see anybody else's name? Because as I, soon I, as I, those I, names pop up, we start looking, Yeah, I right? start looking. I, I didn't catch right. anyone else right. that was that really shouted out to me. And I'm going to need to see it again. And obviously, right. we'll get it on Blu-ray and look at it closely. I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of them. Right. You know, but I, I, I wasn't able to catch a lot. I mean, they obviously they called out Banner and Stark before mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. You know, I thought it was a great use of Maria Hill. Um well, well let's, I want to talk about the Minnesota real quick. So, you know, in the comics, um, I thought they did something once again very similar to what they did in the first movie that was interesting. They, I feel like they do this for the sake of international ticket sales, but they de-emphasize the historical conflict between nations mm-hmm. and push the, the, the fake organization more. So... Yeah, so they it's not Nazi Germany, yeah, it's Hydra, yeah. right. They acknowledge Hydra, it was part of Nazi Germany, but the first movie wasn't really about fighting the Germans. It was fighting Hydra. And the same thing. The Winter Soldier, it's supposed to be, you know, in the comics, Bucky got lost. The Russians found him. Why is he the Winter Soldier? Because he's a fucking Russian cold warrior. Right. You know, that's what he was. He was in suspended animation. They'd wake him up every now and then. And, and do assassinations. And, and there's those, those Russian again. flashbacks and things like that. It, it's yeah. there, yeah. but they say he's been working for Hydra all this time. Right. Doesn't exactly make sense because Hydra's actually been part of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's interesting because the whole thing was well, actually think working Shield for would be S.H.I.E.L.D. Using him. But that was the ultimate thing. Alexander right. Pierce is Hydra in S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's who he's an agent of. He's the asset. But it's a little odd when you get it down to like, oh, he shot Natasha mm-hmm. who was on a S.H.I.E.L.D. mission. Does that make sense to you? If Hydra was part of S.H.I.E.L.D., why would what's essentially S.H.I.E.L.D. be targeting a different S.H.I.E.L.D. mission? Because part because of it was exposure. Right. I mean, well, the, it, the, the it, whole thumb drive. compartmentalizing and all that. The whole no, thumb no, drive that no. he was trying to expose. I'm talking about earlier. I'm talking about when... The, oh, when she Tasha shows the has, scar yeah, and says the yeah, bikini that's line? years earlier. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's, that seemed a little odd. You know, in the Depends comics... Depends on the mission. Right. In the comics, it's that, okay, well, he was on Russian missions. But the other thing in the comics that, that is... Very cool is because he worked for the Russians. They built in this storyline that, you know, in the comics, we know. Actually, when Black Widow was originally a character, she actually was a Russian agent. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, 
I mean, a lot of people don't realize that she was actually originally a Russian agent. She was a, ba a bad guy. She was yeah. introduced as a bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. She was actually, we actually saw her defect. Mm -hmm. But, um, so we ultimately get this backstory that she was involved with Bucky over the years when he was the Winter Soldier. Well, they, they have actually, a romance now in the comics, but the, right? But the romance started then. Hmm. The romance started years ago in Russia. Right. And so then, then it picked up again. And Ed Brubaker's cameo. Yeah, Brave because camera was great. That was but, great. But I'm just saying that. So now I feel like they've kind of taken that away. I mean, obviously they haven't had the romance yet. Doesn't mean they won't do it. Doesn't mean they won't put him in a Black Widow movie. I would hope for it and half expect it. That would be cool. I mean, you kind of, yeah. you kind of expect Hawkeye to be in a Black Widow movie. Yeah, but... But it would be cool to have the Winter Soldier I mean, in it as well. that's what I'd want. Um, while, we're speak while we were speaking about uh, bad guys, I did not mention how awesome Frank Grillo was. It was great. Yeah, and the fact that at the end of the movie he's completely destroyed to the point where he would probably want to wear a mask. Exactly. You know, be like the last, the, yeah. I mean, the last scene is him getting put in a hospital, right. and his and, face is all fucking mangled. And it's mangled. great in the comics he's not disfigured. No. But but what I, I felt that calls out this idea of why is he running around in a mask? Everyone knows his identity in the comics. Right. He'd only be running around in that mask if he was disfigured like that. Like it's very Baron Zemo, but right. still that makes sense. Next time you see him, he's not going to be showing his face like that. He was wearing like a cool skull mask. No, yeah. it, that was cool setup. Uh, uh, Strucker. You see Brandon Strucker well, I was literally wondering earlier on, mm -hmm. like, okay, so here's Rumlow, and he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who's following orders. And I was waiting for it. And when the reveal was it's Hydra's actually within S.H.I.E.L.D., it's like now it's suddenly paid off that he really is truly a bad guy. He's not just following orders here. Right. You know, that, that's what was really so brilliant. For me, the fact that Sitwell is Hydra is kind of a kick in the balls because people don't realize that Agent Sitwell is one of those earlier. I mean, Agent Sitwell was a mainstay S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in, in early issues right. of Iron Man. You know, he actually, his look didn't, he didn't look anything like no. Maximiliano or Hernandez. He actually has a very Jimmy Olsen blonde hair with glasses kind of look. No, he was a pencil pusher looking guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, so, it, it's sort of like, it, it, it's, it makes it that much more shocking for them to do that. But, but at the same time, it's really kind of cool. Um, and as I said before, the ramifications of that on the S.H.I.E.L.D. show are huge. You know, um, he's so, been in a few episodes of the Shield show. Yeah, 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 and he's he's been in some of the the one shots. Yeah, he's been in almost all. Of them. So, so it's really interesting. Um, you mentioned Baron Strucker. So, in the comics, Hydra is one of those things that came up, you know, in more modern comic books. Yeah, and then they've gone back and said, "Oh no, Hydra's been around a long time," and so Baron von Strucker is supposed to be this character who had been. You know, left over from the Nazis, but he's a very major mainstay. And most Hydra-related comics, Strucker's involved. Mm -hmm. So, and in, in fact, it's very much Strucker's arch enemy, as you could say, it's Captain America. It's really much more Nick Fury. Right. But it's very much S.H.I.E.L.D. versus Hydra or Cap versus Hydra. And that, so it's really cool to see that. Now, I think because of the twins... The implication yeah, so the is that's much movie. more about Avengers right. than it is about Avengers Age of Ultron so than it is about Cap. So at the end of the movie, yeah, he has Loki's staff. Right. And he's also have Cap, has captive the two Maximoff twins. And Loki's which staff is pretty cool. informs us. I felt that's pretty much saying he has a power source. The, yeah, they're using Loki's staff as a power source. Right. Yeah. So one of the interesting things we all know, or 
I mean, do you think the Infinity Gauntlet's going to be made made up of like the like the the Tesseract? Yeah, Loki's gem. Like those, the, like yeah. they're not going to be gems. Absolutely. They're going to be those different artifacts. What might happen right. is when they come together, they take a different form. Right. But yes, that's exactly where they're going with it. Um, but um, the interesting thing to me, uh, you know, I, I look at, at this stuff, you know, and and think about we've we've talked about this before. The whole notion of in the comic books, you know, we always had the mutants. You know who were people that were born with powers, and I mean I, I won't I'll I'll review this a little bit for listeners that don't know this, but you know many years ago when the, the movie started, you know originally Marvel wasn't a studio, and mm-hmm. they licensed their properties, and people that have listened to you know Jonathan and I on the show together before have heard me bitch, uh, you know about the whole notion that oh it wouldn't be great if Marvel had it back, and Jonathan doesn't entirely agree with me. But uh, no, I, I think Fox with the X-Men, I mean, Days of Future Past looks great. They've had one misstep, in my opinion, on the X-Men. Yes. Well. I mean, that's X-Men 3. I know how you feel about X-Men, uh, the la- you know, the what was the, the, I know how you feel about First Class. Yeah. But you know what, for me. And Wolverine Origins? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you got to throw, you know what, yeah. I forgot it existed. Right. Wolverine Origins, right. I forgot existed. So right. two missteps out of what, six? Two, two and a half. Well, they, that's you talking about First Class. Yeah. But I think first class is, is, you know, taking two scripts and smashing them together yeah. and trying to massage it. I think first right. class is right. as successful as you can kind of get. But, but that's I like, exactly I, my I point. Like, I like first class. I, so you're giving it a half. I'm giving hey, it a full Hey, movie. you're the one that pointed out that I didn't like it. I said I liked it, and then you You said you have liked it. it. You gave it a half. But back when we did our Geekscape review of it, I said I really liked this movie and started describing it. And you turned yeah. to me and said, are you, are you sure, sure you, you liked, liked it? Movie? You know? no, um, and I realized maybe I didn't because uh, it really insulted my intelligence. I am happy with Fox and the X-Men movies. And that trailer for Days of Future see, Past see, see, looks like, the, 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 in no, Ian Kerner's words, the awesome. shit. The shit. But wait a second. <laughs> Here's the thing. This is what you just said that was wrong. Okay. You can't be happy with Fox. You are happy with individual filmmakers. Sure. Some did them well and some didn't. And the ones that didn't are partly the filmmaker's fault and partly Fox's fault because Fox makes those movies for the date. They don't make it yes. when the movie's Agreed. ready. Agreed. Okay? X3, hate Brett Ratner or not, you know, I'm not a huge Brett Ratner fan, but he really couldn't win because pretty much, like, they changed story points because right. actors weren't available because they just decided they were going to do this movie for the date and it didn't matter that people had other commitments. In his Hercules, just, that trailer, I look. I think it looks great. I think it does too. Yeah. Listen, Brett Ratner has the made rock, some really good movies. The rock fighting giant, giant beast is, looks awesome. What? Who doesn't like Rush Hour? Right. What, what is my favorite Brett Ratner movie? That's almost a challenge to the Geekscape. It's like name well, your favorite. It's like naming your favorite Michael Bay movie. Well, that's kind of the regard but, but people yeah, hold he, for he, it. He, he, like, he, he did this, this serious, the Family Man thing with Nicolas Cage. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's not a bad movie. Yeah. You know, he's um, made some good movies. But, so what you were saying about the studios. So I'm saying about the studios is, so, so the tricky thing is, with the X-Men license, they completely have mutants. Right. Which, which is a really weird thing to imagine that Marvel can't do anything with mutants. And we recently, in the, this last six months in the comics, they're suddenly pushing this whole notion of having the Inhumans, who are always these alien, evolved beings, you know, basically an off-branch of humanity, but they basically got their powers from these rocks, these Terrigen mists, yeah. you know, that were made out of these of these rocks. And um, inhumanity and, is still going on, correct? Yeah, yeah. Because they, 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 just, like, they just started an, a series forever. And the idea is suddenly that, well, but you know what, they seeded throughout humanity, so right. now that something got released into the air, all these other latent inhumans are popping up. Yeah, it's basically just another way to make mutants without saying they're not mutants. 
And a lot of people, you know, felt that, you know, the speculation is, well, this is a way for Marvel to have mutants without having mutants. Correct. So it's sort of interesting. You know, we see he's utilizing uh, the staff and they have the twins. Now, so to, to further explain this, there's a really interesting gray area because in the comic books, you have the X-Men, you have Magneto in the very first issue of the X-Men. And the answer to the fact that it's Magneto, one mutant, versus this team of mutants is Magneto suddenly gathers a team. You know, a couple of issues later, he has his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And among them, and we saw some of them in the first X-Men movie, it was, it was a mishmash. But like Toad is in the original Brotherhood. Yes. Um, and but, Toad's going to be in Days of Future Press. Right. But, but the other ca- two of the main characters in the original Brotherhood are the Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Right. And, but they're, always, they're conflicted. They're actually honorable and they don't really believe in what Magneto's doing. And pretty soon thereafter, they leave. And after 15 issues of the Avengers with the big hitters, someone got this idea and they had to have all the big hitters of the Avengers leave. And it's just Captain America. And he forms a team and he basically, he, it's all people that he's uh, trying to uh, rehabilitate that have been were bad guys that want to yeah. be good guys. Hawkeye started off as a dupe of the evil, you know, communist, you know, KGB, Black Widow fighting Iron Man. But he's actually really a good person. And it's Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch who are these twins who are mutants. So they've come over to the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And they go on to become major mainstays in the Avengers. So there's this really weird uh, situation where both the X-Men franchise at Fox and the Avengers franchise with Marvel have the rights to the characters. Yes. So what's happened is, from a developmental standpoint, is the decision was made. They have Quicksilver in Days of Future Past. Right. Okay. And they're also putting do them in have, Avengers. But they don't, in Days of Future Past, what, they I don't haven't have heard of Wanda, Wanda being in it. I don't think Scarlet Witch is in it. She might be. As right. far as I know, she isn't. But anyway, so, so the point is, what I'd heard is it was actually a little bit of a fuck you to Fox by sticking them in this little tag. Mm-hmm. They, they did it first. Right. But the point is that, so the reason we started discussing this is they should be mutants in the comic books. He'll be a mutant in the X-Men movie. But in the Avengers, their powers have to come from something else. Right. So the implication in that tag is they're doing something to create these abilities. We're not really clear what mm-hmm. yet. Um, what was it? Was it was it the Tesseract inspired technology and Loki staff? Not really sure. You saw the news that Disney bought Maker Studios for five hundred million. Yeah. Does that mean do you believe that after these five Netflix series, now you'll just get the Marvel, you know, TV ish Marvel stuff like the stuff that would would have gone to Agents of Shield or would have been, uh, you know, the minis or would have been the Netflix series, maybe just get it on a different platform, maybe through Maker? I'm just talking business now, and I'm talking just like You know, it, it might. I think the Netflix thing is really interesting. But why um, include them if you now have your own portal? As, you know, or right, you yeah, it might, it, might not, it might not be Netflix, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it probably means that. I mean, yeah. you know, they, listen, they gobble stuff up. They'll fin- figure out their own corporate synergy. Yeah, whether or not you they know? still need Netflix, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, the reality of this stuff is depending on, on the, the nature of the Netflix deal, they can e- easily just move stuff over. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, in this day and age, it's all about studios and who owns it. And, you know, if people, you know, there's, I don't, I haven't read that deal. I don't know what that right. deal is. I don't know if there's a, a right of refusal or anything like that. It's always about money. Um, What's interesting is in this day and age, it doesn't matter. It could be a cohesive universe, even if they're not all on the same network or anything else. Right. Question for you. With uh, <laughs> You bought the Iron Man 3 DVD, Blu-ray? I did. Um, the Hail to the King short, 
Did you watch it? Yeah. Okay, so what happens in the Hail to the King short? Because I heard that it completely redeems the whole Mandarin uh, thing with Ben Kingsley and the silliness. What I mean, what happens in it? Because the, the short is Ben Kingsley's character in jail. Yeah. Maybe I didn't watch that. I don't We may have to watch it because I was told... No, no, no. no. It wasn't on the Iron Man 3... DVD. Oh, it was, was on it, Thor 2. It was on Thor, Thor 2. 2. I didn't watch that yet. Oh, you don't have Thor 2. You, you, I have you, it, you have and, but I didn't watch that yet. Okay, do you have it here in this room? I actually lent it to someone you on Friday. son of a... We could have watched it after this episode. I would have. I didn't realize that was there. Yeah. Because I heard that the Hail of the King short redeems the Ben Kingsley Mandarin storyline from Iron Man 3. Because it basically says there really is a Mandarin and he's pissed, right? I did hear I don't know. Like that. I don't know. That rumor I heard is there's, <laughs> some, there's a throwaway line. Oh, the no. Mandarin's I don't like pissed. these throwaway lines. That, that, I, I like seeing I it. See it. See, I, you know, it's funny. I, I forgot yeah. that was on there. I bought it. Right. And I just hadn't, didn't have a chance to watch it again before. Right. And uh, I lent it to someone who hadn't seen it. But um, months ago, I heard they were doing that. And it was going to be like, it's a reference to the Mandarin's pissed that you were you know, impersonating him. That, that, you know what? That's fine. It's good I enough. like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's good enough. We, in 20 and Iron Man 3, we're like, oh, it's good enough. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you for that little well, bit. Well, because, it, it listen, it's such a kick in the balls to just fictionalize the Mandarin that way after the buildup of the first movie. Yeah, yeah not you know? totally my favorite. I mean, that, that wasn't my biggest criticism of Iron Man 3. We have talked about it quite a bit Well, there's the so many of them, right. but it's certainly up there. Um, does it, Thor 2 and Captain America, I mean, totally save? I mean, I Thor love 2 and Captain America. I know, and Captain America, like, like now we're Great. back on track, baby. Absolutely. Um, I told you, Iron Man 3, I really think, is a fluke. It's pretty much as Feige went down and you want to keep doing these movies, you get to do whatever the fuck you want to do. In right. You, it, it's, it's sort of a, it's a play on Affleck's whole thing and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. One for you, one for us. Only they actually did it within the Marvel deal. Right. Fine. One for you, one for us. Come back for Iron you Man. You do that, come back for and, and we get to sign you, you know, to do a few more. Avengers 3. Yeah. Um, what about this news about that now there's a plan to 2028? You know? Was, it, was that, was that April Fool's? The, the April Fool's? What was the April Fool's? Is that what you're talking about? No, I think it wasn't an April Fool's. Get out of here with that. So what did you hear? The original plan was that they had things figured out till 2021. Right. And Feige said that they now have it figured out like a plan of movies till 2028. Okay. And what's with Tony Stark in a wheelchair? No, that's just the joke. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard people speculate that, you know, that. that I don't see why you couldn't do it. You can do it. There's 50 years of material. Yeah, you can can do do it. it. It's just, you know, but you're just going to have a problem with the actors if you want to keep. The same character. Yeah, Listen, but all this stuff should be you recurring. You could spin off or of whatever yeah. else and go in different directions. The only person but... doesn't age is Hugh Jackman, and they don't have him. Right, right. <laughs> um, and even that, you know. Let's have an old man Logan movie. The, well, I don't the, care. Listen, I would the, love the it. The original Days of Future Past He's had old. them older, and, they, yeah. and they're doing it in this movie. Yeah, it's one of those weird things. you got to play with the healing factor because it doesn't make sense. Right. He didn't age for 150 years, but suddenly he is. But whatever. I, I, I'm, I mean, here are the movies I'm excited for this summer. Obviously, X-Men. Right. That's maybe number one on the list. Yeah. Godzilla. Yes. Godzilla looks awesome. From there, there's that second tier I'm down. I'm so excited Guardians. for Guardians. I know, but it's not until August. So <laughs> part of me has to, like, I have to temper. I have to temper my, my and, excitement. And, 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 and I'm, I'm beyond tempered about Amazing Spider-Man because you know how I feel about that first. What are we going to do, Ian? Let's talk about this seriously because I don't know we what I'm going to go. do. Okay. So do we have to rehash really quickly? It's a very well, si- well, we, All we have to say is yeah. that neither of us like that movie. Yeah, well, it's very simple. You know, I like the director. I think he does great relationship movies. And it was a great, you know, young teen angst and all that. Absolutely. Didn't feel like Spider-Man. And as much as I, as a fanboy, didn't like the notion of, oh, Peter's genetically modified, the fact that a week before the movie came out, they cut that out, made the whole movie not make sense. Right. So it seems like they're going to 
put it back in in this one with the Ben Parker stuff. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, sure. And, and they have to because that, as that movie stands, anyone walks in, gets bit by those billion spiders they have, and instead of dropping dead from radiation poisoning, becomes Spider Man. Sure. You know, so you know it's yeah. I mean, the movie was sloppy. It's not a badly made movie. Obviously, I mean, you know, I love your Nickelback comment. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the notion, the motivations in that movie are really questionable. You know, the actor who played the Uncle Ben in the Amazing Spider-Man, or not Uncle Ben in the Amazing Spider-Man, that was Martin Sheen, but plays the Uncle Ben's killer in the Amazing Spider-Man, found me on Twitter. Did he really? And we started talking back and forth, and I wanted to do. And a, it, was, it wasn't the lead singer of Nickelback. It wasn't the lead singer of Nickelback. He's because I don't know he, who he's that almost is. Almost a comedian. Okay. And, uh, and we were talking. What I wanted to do was put him in some shorts where he was inspired to kill Uncle Ben because he wanted to create a hero and eradicate crime in New York. But in so, the so it's basically unbreakable. Yeah. So he, so so Uncle Ben's killer. I was gonna have this actor, Mr. Glass. I was gonna. I mean, this was like me talking to this actor. Right. I was like, it'd be funny to do these shorts with him where he wanted to create Spider-Man, so he kills Uncle Ben, and he failed because. Spider-Man then just goes on and becomes an asshole. Right. So I wanted to like film him like like raking leaves outside of a school ba- like a school uh, classroom, and he overhears the whole uh, lies of the best, you know, but the breaking promises of the best type or whatever the hell oh. line. And I wanted him to be oh, like, Oh, I blocked that out, are, man. I, I basically I, I basically out. wanted to put him like Forrest Gump and all the Amazing Spider-Man scenes where Amazing Spider-Man is an asshole. Yeah. And then just be like, yeah. damn it. And then, and then have Spider-Man him. Spider-Man has no honor. His word means nothing. And then all of a sudden, right. then all of a sudden have this oh, Uncle Ben man. killer go off and start shooting other people because he still has to try and recreate a hero. You know what the worst thing about the fact that Amazing Spider-Man 2 is coming out and I'm going to have to go see it is? I'm going to actually have to watch the first one again. No. Well, first off, you don't. Second off, I think the worst part is that you're going to drag me to it. Because if you're gonna see it, I guess I'm gonna see it. I, I That's see the it. worst part. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the worst part is that you have to re- rewatch the first one because you don't have to rewatch the first one. All right. The worst I have part friends. Is that I'm gonna be sitting so, next so, to you. So let me say this because obviously here we are. We're talking about this. This is we do this. I have friends that in the past have given me grief. Ian, you're the problem because you go to see these movies, comic book movies, you know, and you, you have to vote with your pocketbook. And sure. I'm like, no, because I need to be able to go and see it and say it sucks because I think that yes. matters. I need to go and see it and either tell people, see it so you know how bad it is, or just don't bother. Right. I feel a need. I'm, you're uh, I'm you're doing a public service. Source. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm too invested in the source material not to see it. Right. Even if I know it's going to be bad, I go. I mean, look, you know, by the way, speaking of, and, you know, a shout out to a friend of ours on this, but, you know, one of the best times I ever had at the movies was sitting next to you seeing the, sh- uh, the Spirit. The Spirit, yeah. I mean, Which we FJ had a produced. great time watching that horrible yeah. movie. Yeah, we gave SJ our uh, twenty dollars and yeah. uh, had a good time. Um, I guess we will be, you know, if we hopefully here. Here's what I'm saying right now. Hopefully, Amazing Spider-Man Two surprises both of us. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I mean, speaking of, we saw Iron Man Three together. We were laughing at the points that weren't funny together. When Pepper falls, into Pepper the fire falls in exactly. The end, I it was lost hysterical. my mind. I was losing it because it was all on Tony being a jerk. Yep. I was like, way to not save her. Yep. With your remote control armor that you just summoned fifty of. Not one of them was to save this girl yeah. or the president. Hey, I have an idea. After that happens, why don't you blow them all up? Because no one could ever use them to save anybody. Right. <laughs> um, back to Captain America Winter Soldier, which we probably haven't talked about for 15 minutes. <laughs> um, well, anyone that's heard us before, they know we're going to go on tangents. This movie is great. The action is amazing. The intrigue is amazing. Winter Soldier is fantastic. I actually, I'll tell you one thing they did that is not in the comics that I actually like that they did. Tell me. The little thing about that Bucky was, you know, experimented on by Zola. Yes. So it, it's a subtle thing. They're basically saying he has the super soldier serum. 
because it's one of those things that doesn't really work. All right, great. He's a really well-trained soldier he has who a has a bionic arm, arm yeah. but the rest of him isn't. Right. No, he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cap. Yeah, and wins he would not times, last toe-to-toe -to -toe with Cap, you know, if, if all he had is one bionic arm. Right. You know, it's just you just you just don't buy it. Mm -hmm. But this worked because he's he's a threat for Cap because he might be as strong the rest of him other than the missing arm. Right. And, and the a bit idea of psychosis. That, that, yeah, that I mean, what kind of normal person could really s survive having that whole arm and half their chest just destroyed and falling from, you know, that height and all that? What I like is when they re-brainwash him in the movie, they put him in the uh, the machine from Total Recall. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> when they put him in the machine from Total Recall, they re-brainwash him. I kept expecting him to be like, get your ass to Mars. Oh, and, start the reactor. And by the way, and the tag at the end of the movie where he actually goes to the exhibit, it's great that they kept using that exhibit. He sees his history? Through. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's great. Like, well, oh, you know, he's an historical figure. Like, if he has any doubts about who he is and whether or not it's it's the truth, you know, the, the things that people say to him, you know, that Cap's saying mm -hmm. him, it's right there. Right. Or, you know, it's, I mean, he's an important person. He was a hero. You know, he gets to go and look at it. And and they do. They, so is he a member of the team on Avengers? Too. No, he can't be a member of the team yet. I mean, but you know, he well, that, may that, be in the movie. That, that's my big question. And that's what, what, what does that, Avengers 2 look like? No, well, I mean, because the only well, other well, movie we have before Avengers so, 2 is Guardians, right? So, so, yeah, so this is my question. Avengers is, is next summer? Yeah. Oh, geez, that's so fast. I know they're shooting it right now. People feel yeah. that the first tag is about Avengers and the second is about Cap 3. So I'm really, right. I'm left wondering, the movie ends, he's going to look for Bucky. So is Avengers 2 going to happen and he just didn't find him yet? You know? Right, or is Avengers 2 out of sequence? Because, by the way, right. well, no, it's, it's not going to be out of sequence. But Cap 3 is in two years. Right. It's not, they're not taking three years to do it. They're doing... It's Avengers 2 next year and Cap 3 right after a year later. So, so, so the, the incidents in Avengers 2 have to interrupt... Cap and yeah. Falcon search for Bucky. I think they're out looking and yeah. shit happens. Right. You know, because we, and when set up, Baron's. So Bucky can't be in Avengers 2 for the most part. That's what I think. Right. He, they could do a cameo where there's a big battle and he's doing some stuff to help. They could do that, but I, I feel like they wouldn't. Does this, uh, I mean, is this going to do anything for Sebastian Stan's career? Because, yeah. I mean, he's basically a TV I, guy. I, I, and then all I, of a sudden I, now I, he's, I hear, he's kicking ass. Well, well, shout out to our friend Todd Lincoln who did a movie with Sebastian. Yeah. The apparition. Todd told um, he told me that they actually saw the movie with him, and he said that apparently the apparition is now trending really big because girls are going nuts for Sebastian because of this movie, and they're just hungry for anything he's been in. Second question regarding the Winter Soldier. Not about the apparition. No. Well, come on. Uh, San Diego Comic Con. Will it be unbearable because of the uh, Winter Soldier costumes? No, I, you have. I mean, remember with the summer of the Heath Ledger Jokers, uh, where cares? everybody was a Heath Ledger Joker. So what? Now here we go with the Winter Soldiers. Stop hating on the cosplay, man. Spaghetti armed Winter Soldiers. Stop hating on it. <laughs> Are you, will you go as the Winter Soldier? No, I don't do that. Have you ever cosplayed? Not in my life. Yeah. Halloween. Oh, that's not cosplay. Yeah, no, I don't. I right. Don't do that. Right. We should get you to cosplay. Well, maybe. Who would it be? It depends on the, the level of costume. I mean, there have been times I've seen some really great costumes, but I'm too old now. Yeah, I'm I, too old for who I'd want to be. Who's that? You know. Spidey? No. Batman? I'm not big enough for Batman. Wolverine? Puck? Nightwing. Nightwing, yeah, I guess. 
Okay. All right. I got you. Um, okay. So last thoughts on Winter Soldier. I could what? do Spider-Man, but it's yeah. just, you It's know. just easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last thoughts on Winter Soldier. Uh, action's amazing. Best Marvel type, movie? Type, uh, best, as I said, Avengers still has that overwhelmingly entertaining. Like you made a comment before we, we put this on that you don't feel the need to go see it again. Um, You're actually convincing me to do otherwise. I'd like to see it again. Yeah. And we didn't see it together, so maybe, no. maybe we should go see it together. Um, yeah, you're convincing you know, me to see I Cap tend again. To, I get busy. Despite the I, monologues. Yeah. I, I, I tend to get busy and, and you know, not have a lot of time to go see things a lot. Yeah. And then I buy the Blu-ray. I watch, it's like you're producing a, a film. Again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with, uh, with, uh, you know, with, with Avengers, I, I found the time to see it again because it's just it's so funny and fun. And that was the thing about Thor 2 that was so good. You could tell that Joss punched it up with some of that comedy. Oh, it was awesome at the end. You have some really great moments in this movie and some really emotional moments in this movie. And it, there's some cute stuff, but it's not funny the way Avengers is funny. You know, you don't but have... But I like the writing in this the most. Yeah, but it's so well written. Right. Yeah. But you know, I'm saying, but you know, you're just not going to have those scenes of Hulk just, you know... Bashing Loki in, or you know, yeah. he, he and Thor are looking over the handiwork, and he just suddenly hits Thor out of fucking nowhere. Right, I loved it because that's just Hulk, you right. know. Like it's just like yeah, you know, you just there's no way to have that, right? You know, or even you know the Steve Rogers cameo that isn't a cameo because it's Loki is Steve Rogers. Oh, it was awesome! It's just so funny and great. Yeah, the stuff in you know? Thor too. That one yeah, was awesome. That's just great. So you know, you don't have it, but but you don't have a funny character like that. You don't have the wisecracky character. No, well, if you did, it would be closer to, to Falcon, yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I also thought was interesting, it's something they changed in the first movie, and, and it, it kind of played through in this, is that, you know, I think people who have only seen the movies don't realize that Bucky was Robin. Like, exactly a carbon yeah, copy of Robin. Yeah. In, in the comics originally, back in the, you know, in the whatever it was, 1941, thereabout, um, they created Bucky, and, I mean... He's, he was he, Robin, yeah. He's actually created within a year of Robin. He's the kid sidekick to Captain America. Right. And he's fully a kid. He was, it doesn't even make sense. He was a camp mascot, you know, who was actually in fucking Germany. Right. It, it makes zero sense that he's even there, you know, and then he's off in war. And what, what Brubaker did when he brought the Winter Soldier back and then he kind of did Bucky's stories as flashback is he said, well, Bucky was, A, he was actually older. He's not a full-on kid. He was actually 18. And he's this trained assassin. He was this gifted kid. It was yeah. actually shades of, of Matt Murdock and Elektra that he was so gifted that any move he saw, he could just completely do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he was a trained assassin. And he actually, he had a function as Cap's partner that Cap was a little bit goody-goody because he was in the spotlight. Bucky would do the assassinations right. in World War II. So, you know, Brubaker really made that a little bit more realistic. So it's kind of cool. And that flowed into the idea that him to become the Winter Soldier, it wasn't really against his wiring to assassinate people. You know, it was just about who is he assassinating mm-hmm. and having that the right motivation. Uh, but because that's what it was in the comic, it's like Bucky was like Cap's son, you know. And so it was like Cap was so deeply affected by the loss of Bucky. That's a major thing for years and years when Captain America first shows up in the Avengers and Avengers 4. For years and years, there's always the loss of Bucky. It, it resonates so deeply. At the same time, I mean... I think they do a good job that this was like his brother. It was more than just a friend, you know. They were so close. They were friends their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he died with them. So yeah, I like the flashbacks you know? to, to Skinny Cat, Steve Rogers stuff yeah. that they have in this movie. And even, even that, that thing that we didn't see in the first one that when, you know, Steve's mother died. Mm-hmm. 
and it's no come live with us, you know, with his family. You know, I mean, this is supposed to be like depression era. Mm-hmm. You know, no one has any money and everyone's struggling and but they grew up together on the streets. You know, this idea that Bucky used to, you know, save him from getting beat up and all that stuff, you know. No, I mean, th- th- this is my favorite Marvel movie. Uh, it, I don't know. Iron Man, the first Iron Man, just the achievement of the fact that they've made it. Yeah, amazing it's Iron fantastic. Movie is amazing. But, so but, but, but it's not a perfect movie because there's the, the stuff with the Iron Monger at the end that, you know, sure. it's, a little, it's a little hokey. But so, I yeah. love that first Iron Man movie. No, my, me too. I absolutely love it. That being but, said, uh, but I the, think this, this movie is, is. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I, I, I hope this came across. You know, I mentioned a couple of quibbles, but. This movie is really pretty perfect. I mean, you mentioned a little bit of exposition here and there. This moments might Not be a little, a little long. Not a little bit. But the point is, even right. you said it, is that there really isn't anything you want to cut. No, only quicken. Yeah, yeah. You can't cut this movie. You've got to no, quicken it. yeah, yeah. Maybe a bit. And listen, I, I was actually having a conversation with someone earlier today, and we brought up The Dark Knight. And I've had people say, oh, that movie's long, and, you know. I've said that, it. Yeah. The, the Hong Kong scene isn't necessary, but it's awesome. But it's awesome. You don't want it gone. It's not an exposition, though. It's, it's not, not an exposition. It's not a monologue. I'm just saying. You see but what I'm saying? saying? But, but it makes the movie... But it, right. it goes to a place in the movie the movie didn't have to go. Yes. You know? It makes it longer. Isn't that guy but, in this movie, too? The Asian dude? Isn't he one of the people in the council? Was that him? Maybe it was him. He's in Arrow, isn't he? The dude who was on the council in this. Yeah, I think so. He's on... He's one of the... He was one of the he business was, partners but, but by the way, in Arrow. By the way, are, are, are you caught on Arrow? Not caught up. Two, uh, one, one episode behind. I love, oh, I love Arrow. Oh, fuck. If you're not watching Arrow, right. guys, watch Arrow. Well, it's probably uh, what I'm going to go home. And, if, okay. if Game of Thrones tonight uh, is recording at 9 and not 6, I'm going to go home and watch Arrow. Good. I want otherwise, you to catch I'm going to watch Game I, of Thrones I, I, then Arrow. I have, I have two words for you. Yeah. And you should already know them. Summer Glau. Yes, I know. Here's the thing. I turned on my TV the other day, and... Uh, Arrow was on. It was so on you the CW. It. No, no. When I turned it on, and yeah. I saw a very heated conversation between uh, Summer Glau and Ollie, and I could not change the channel fast enough. It was recording, but I couldn't change the channel fast enough because I didn't want any spoilers. I got it, and she was gone from the show for like ten episodes this season. She's on now. I'm excited. I'm super excited. Um, you, you, you guys should be watching you, Arrow, you, you, and it you, seems you, like now you, you guys should you, be watching. You finally understand why she's on the show, right? Um, you guys should be watching Arrow, and it seems like now with Captain America out, you guys should be watching Shield, or at least yeah. get back into it. Um, it I'm gonna go home and catch up on that one too. It, yeah, I, I mean, just in terms of the show itself paying off, I think it, it's gotten better and better, and it's been pretty cool. I mean, obviously, you know, they had the Sith appearance, and that mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Um, you haven't seen that yet either. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, Lorelai. Um, so they are really tying in more and more. I understand the criticisms. It took a while. I know it lost a lot of people, but. It's worth it. A lot of people I know that it fully lost are now saying, "Hey, I want. I'm gonna. I want to watch it now." Right. So, um, Cap Two, go see it, guys. Ian, you'll be back on the episode uh, on the on the show very soon. I yeah. know. Sure. You've said that you aren't on the show enough. I agree. Well, you're not look, on the show enough. We got X Men. We got Amazing Spider Man. We got Guardians. We got Godzilla. Yeah. I mean, all, all fine opportunities to have Ian yeah, back on the um, escape. I think there's a few other things. This summer, that would probably be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a DC movie yet. We don't have Not a DC yet. movie this summer. But maybe that'll come a day. Maybe there'll come a day when DC is ramping these things out at the same frequency as Marvel. Um, we love you guys. Keep watching and listening to Geekscape again. Check out our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/GeekscapeTV, and uh, find us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. Search for Geekscape. You'll find us. And uh, obviously at WonderCon two weeks. Booth number 208. 
We will see you guys next time on Geekscape. Thanks for listening.